0: Welcome to the Bigger Pockets of Money podcast, where we interview Liz and Andresa from the Real Estate Invest Her podcast and talk about why women should be investing in real estate. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Mindy Jensen. And with me, as always, is my punny co-host, Scott Trench.
1: Punny? I don't know how to make a pun about punny, Mindy. That's That's not helpful.
0: Wow. I finally stumped Scott.
1: Woo-hoo! Oh.
0: Well, Scott and I are here to make financial independence less scary, less just for somebody else to introduce you to every money story, because we truly believe financial freedom is attainable for everyone, no matter when or where you're starting.
1: That's right. Whether you want to retire early and travel the world, go on to make big time investments in assets like real estate, start your own business or learn about massive multi trillion um, dollar opportunities and challenges and problems in the market will help you reach your financial goals and get money out of the way so you can launch yourself towards those dreams.
0: Scott, I'm super excited to bring in Liz and Andressa from our Sister Show. I our like Truly Sister Show, The Real Estate Invest Her podcast. I love their name. I love them. I love their vision. I love their uh what is the word I'm looking for? Their like business. they they really truly want to encourage women to start investing in real estate. And, you know, every time I think about women investing in real estate, I'm reminded of this like race car quote from this one of the first women race car drivers who was getting a lot of hassle about being a, a woman a women race car driver. And she's like, what? I don't carry the car around the track. I just drive it. And, you know, women aren't carrying the houses. They're just buying them. They're just investing in them. You can do anything a man can do. You could do, you know, it's and 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 i think that brings up a good point scott we're not here the purpose of the show is not to like trash men as investors it is to just encourage women to say you can do it too
1: yeah i don't think there's anything in here that that uh um you know speaks speaks you know speaks against men participating in the market it's just i think the theme today is women um have a lot of wealth uh, to invest and that is going to increase over time and On average, women have very low confidence in their ability to invest that wealth. And that is, I think, the crux of the problem. And I think Liz and Andresa have a great, uh, 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 plan or great frameworks for how to combat that at large scale over the next, over the coming decade or two. So I think that's the, that's the major theme. And, and, um, I think it's really interesting and really important. And I think you're going to learn a lot, uh, today.
0: Absolutely. We have a new segment of the money show called. Money Moments, where we share a money hack, tip, or trick to help you on your financial journey. Today's Money Moment is, do you know that you can negotiate your bills? While bill negotiation doesn't have a 100% success rate, it's a lot more common than you would think. Many people have been able to successfully lower their bills simply by calling and asking. And if you don't have the time or energy to call yourself, you can even hire a bill negotiation service to do it for you. Some of the bills that are open for negotiation are credit card interest, internet, cell phone, and insurance. I know I have personally been able to negotiate my insurance and my cable internet bill uh, when the price jacked up after the initial uh, teaser rate was over. So definitely a great tip. If you don't like your bill, call them up and see if they're willing
1: to negotiate. Great call, Mindy. Great call. <laughs> Ah,
0: There you go. You've redeemed yourself from the beginning.
1: When it comes to financial guidance, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When Mindy and I want to upgrade our wallets, we turn to NerdWallet.
0: Scott's right. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products.
1: Before NerdWallet, Mindy and I were paying for vacations in cash
0: As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval, and terms of each credit card issuer apply. It's Military Appreciation Month, so I'd like to personally thank all our past guests who have served, and all our listeners who are serving, deployed, veterans, or in the reserves. But I'm not the only one showing appreciation. Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond with exclusive rates, discounts, and tools. This month, join Navy Federal and get $50 when you open a credit card. Visit navyfederal.org slash celebrate minimum balance to open, maintain membership savings account, and to obtain bonus. Visit NavyFederal.org for more terms and conditions. Real estate investing is great, but for some, the tenant phone calls and clogged toilets aren't all that attractive. So how do you invest in real estate without getting your hands dirty? Invest for truly passive income with Pine Financial Group. Pine's mortgage fund offers an 8% preferred return and an attractive profit split supporting local economies, and generating profits simultaneously. This investment is reserved for accredited investors. But if you are not accredited, Pine Financial has options for you too. Take control of your investments and secure a stable 8% annual return today. Visit pinefinancialgroup.com slash biggerpockets to learn more about the fund. That's pinefinancialgroup.com slash biggerpockets. Liz Faircloth and Anjali Ghedili met in 2014 through BiggerPockets.com. They started meeting to support each other's businesses and eventually founded the Real Estate Invest Her podcast, which supports. Women who are interested in getting into the world of investing. Liz and Andressa, welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money podcast. We are so excited to talk to you today. Yes. We're so excited to be here. Hey, Scott. Hey, Mindy. Thanks so much for having us. It's a pleasure. It's always fun to talk to you ladies. Let's start off with a little bit of background. Liz, let's look at you first. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you are investing in? Sure. Uh, where,
2: in terms of just my background in real estate investing and how I got going, uh, you know, 18 years ago when I was 10 years old now, um, <laughs> Matt and I actually invested in our first deal, a duplex. Uh, I was going to school for social work. Matt was an engineer and we read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it really shifted our thinking and our ways of just looking at the world, quite honestly. So we got our start by going to the local REIA meetings for over a year. We went to courses and Workshops and boot camps at the time. That was well before Bigger Pockets was around. And uh, we bought our first uh duplex. Um, my father loaned us 30 grand and got our start. We met a contractor through the local RIA meeting and, and got going, uh, which le- then led us to creating um, really building a portfolio in New Jersey. And we got our start mostly in Trenton, New Jersey, uh, and uh started buying multis, getting involved in a lot of different focuses. And then um, many years later, finally got that we have to get focused and really went all in on on multifamily and grew a multifamily business. So we have properties in four states, about 2,000 units of uh, multifamily assets, mostly um, large multi and uh, in class C uh, neighborhoods, up and coming neighborhoods. And that's what we're mostly focused on now. We're doing some on the DeRosa side, we're doing some uh, pivots because the multifamily space and and how... Just still overpriced multifamily is. And so we're actually pivoting. We're still raising money. We're still building a fund. But we're gonna be we're gonna be diversifying in what we're putting that money into, uh, which is gonna be more of like a lending arm where we're lending that money out as like hard money loans versus multifamily, because it's just overpriced and it just it it just fiscally doesn't make sense. Um, and and so we don't want to ever put our investors in deals that don't make sense. So anyway, that's that's one of the current projects and where we're pivoting in today's market.
1: That's awesome. We got to talk after this because I'm very interested in that space. And I think that's a very wise approach in the current market conditions. So Andresa, can you tell us a little bit about your background and what you invested?
3: Yes, absolutely. I am an immigrant from Brazil who moved to the US without knowing what real estate, the words real estate really meant. It was during a one-on-one meeting with my Uh, manager. I was doing door-to-door sales for Verizon, one of the best things I've ever done in my life and one of the hardest. And um, I asked him for a book that will support Increase My Sales. And he gave me this purple book called Rich Dad Poor Dad. I was like, what is this about? And he's like, don't worry, read it and we'll come back to it. And then I was like, what's happening here? Why I don't know about this entire world about real estate? Started getting a lot of knowledge and got, got started in 2011. Uh, rehab my first house, was a primary, pulled a HELOC out, um, got a lower appraiser. For those of you that are getting lower appraisal, appeal it. Appeal it. I appealed already so many appraisers in my life. If I didn't have the gut to appeal that appraisal report, I would not have got the money to invest on other deals that I started doing got to rehab properties scaled to doing 15 properties at the same time met Liz, we started doing new construction uh i have experience in commercial development as well on the gp side of investing in apartment complexes and now uh for from the real estate investor uh company we're looking to italy actually to invest overseas that's where where we are right now.
1: It, you know, one of the reasons why I was so excited to chat with both you guys is you had shared in a previous conversation some really interesting stats about really um, not the emergence, but the growth, the scale, um, a, a, a shift in capital in this country into the hands of women, um, and how there's a need there to develop uh, uh, women in, in 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 many cases. Um, as investors, could you kind of share the magnitude of this of this um, of this challenge, this opportunity, this 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 transition that's happening?
3: Yeah, right now, just in the US alone, we have 10 trillion of dollars of investable assets in the hands of women. In the next seven years, that's going to triple according to Morgan Stanley uh, resource in 2021. So just that alone, we know that that shift is going to happen. Right now, we have a confidence gap. The women are not as confident to make investments. Therefore, they're going to have a lot of capital in their hands. But I think the most important thing for the audience, right, the audience, your audience that is listening, they they might be women, they might not be women. So if they're not, if they're a men, it's like, what, what do I have to do with this? I think there is a potential. For for uh, really understanding what are the needs of of this demographic, what they're looking to do, so you can partner up with them.
1: So we got ten trillion dollars in household wealth that uh, is controlled by women and invested by women today, and that's going to change dramatically over the next ten years. What is driving that change? What is the shift that's happening?
2: Well, one of, one of the biggest things is that you know men there's going to be you know, aging men men are dying. Right, so so statistically, women outlive men by six to eight years. We know that already. So the, the the shift, and we see this in our community, in real in real life, right? And and I just want to speak to women are incredibly confident as like the CFO of their household, right? They they have this confidence where they are managing everything like a CFO would, and then when it comes to investing, that confidence goes from sixty nine percent to nineteen percent. It's like boom, like down. So, so what is the difference, right? What is the difference? And so I, I just want to speak to that because women actually have the skills and knowledge. I think one of the reasons is obviously um what we just said about, you know, that there's actually a demographic men that, you know, in terms of aging and, and dying off. I also see, I also see though, and I also see this, and again, I don't have a statistic in front of me, but women are kind of coming into their own, meaning, you know, whether they're in the 35, 45, 55, 65 age range, you're seeing women not reliant on a partner anymore. They're making decisions based on their own life and their own, their own sort of goals. You see that shift happening and some of that generational baggage of, you know, spouse or not being a spouse, or I can be complete by myself. That's, that's a shift. And that's, that's a recent shift. That's not something that was 40 years ago. So I think that's part of it, just this societal shift uh, as well,
1: So we've got we, – we're not saying that the wage gap or any of these other fundamental long-term problems have been solved here. That men are dying and the wealth is transferring to women um is really a big catalyst for this $30 trillion shift of household wealth into the hands of women who f- – by and large feel incapable of investing it um or not comfortable investing it 19% um are 68% are confident managing household budgets but only 19% are are comfortable investing um those things what why do you think that that is why why do you think these folks are uncomfortable with investing
2: I would personally, I mean, there's probably a lot of reasons for it. I think one of the biggest things is when you think of investor, what do you think of? You think of a white man on Wall Street. I mean, it's just, it's a stereotype, but it's still what people think of when they think investor. So I think shifting that stereotype, shifting that gender role where the traditional, what women do in a household and what men do in a household in a very traditional sense is still apparent it's not like that 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 went away and that's not existing in our society today so i think there's like a generational i, I like to call it a baggage in a sense in in a, where women are really letting go of some of that scott and i think that's going to be opening up this this i don't want to say freedom but this sense of like I can do this. They 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 have it in them, the skills, the experience. But it's a matter of community, you know. Whether they're talking to their neighbors, they're talking to women in the school board. Not every woman's investing in 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 stocks or real estate or gold. We all know that because we all have neighborhoods. So how do we surround ourselves with other like minded women? And there are a lot of them that are doing it. I think that's the that's the big difference, you know. I always like to say, women don't go to the bathroom by themselves. They usually go with a friend. So if we're going to go and invest, they're going to invest with a friend, they're going to do it together. That's just the nature of, of, a, lot of a lot of women, they feel comfortable in community. I
3: just, I just want to add that the, the psychology behind, right, we interview a woman this, this, this week, she's a doctor in neuroscience. And there's a lot of thought patterns that have been passed from generation to generation. And when it comes down to safety, it's, it's, it's really crucial that we have a safe place for women to come, raise their hand, ask their questions. And that goes from anything that we do. Right. But I had a conversation this morning with a woman from Columbus, Ohio, that is opening up a bank geared towards women. And, and we had this, this conversation and her thought process is not just for the service and products that they are building for women. It has to do even with the layout of the banking, on making sure the women don't feel intimidated by going to a bank and having a simple conversation about a loan. It, it, it starts with like really one-on-one. So little by little, when other women start seeing themselves in others and being able to have a conversation and feel safe about it. I think that it is just going to grow the amount of women that confidently feel uh that they're able to to invest in real estate and take control of their financial future. So
0: women I I feel like we're generalizing but we're not generalizing. I mean, we're 75% of us on this show are women and I have experienced this, you know, talking to other women, I have seen them experience this as well. When they feel intimidated, they're just not going to, they're going to stand back. They're going to, you know, sit back. I think education information, you know, is so key. I don't want to feel stupid. I don't want somebody to think I'm stupid. So I'm not going to open my mouth. I don't want somebody to, to you know, judge me by the fact that I said something wrong or the fact that I, you know, got a fact incorrect. I mean, nobody listening to this show is like, Mindy's not like that at all. (laughs) I'll jump in with both feet. But, you know, how can we, the, you know, the confident jump in with both feet people help Educate women and help encourage women to ask these questions because I have found for the most part when I ask a question in a truly I don't know and I want to know setting, I get a great answer. How can we help people? get more comfortable asking these questions and women specifically.
2: Yeah. I I think I wrote down the word perfectionism because I think in asking a question, you already feel like you're less than. And I think that comes up for a lot of women. Again, I'm being, I'm being general, but there is a lot of women who, if I'm intimidated to ask the question, I had this level of like, I got to know the answer almost. And and it's that feeling. So it starts back even in school, Mindy. I mean, what do we, you know, when people, women, women and men are getting trained in what to know all the answers They, they get an A if they know all the answers. They can't ask their friend because that's called cheating, right? (laughs) So there's, there's a lot of societal pressure and even the statistics in MBA programs, when they say who raises their hand quicker, a man or a woman, there's statistics that show men do versus women because they don't want to say it until they're right. So that has to get broken up. Even just the way we school our kids, like our educate our children that failure is, is actually just, you know, you're, you're fact-finding. You're not, it's not failure. You know, there's a freedom in it. So I think it starts there and how we actually get um, acclim- acclimates and, and pats on the back because it's creating these perfectionism and, in and, and especially for it could be men too, but it's certainly for women. And that prevents us from asking the questions because we feel stupid. We feel like we need to have the answers. So I think it starts there. And also it also like for your, to your point, Mindy, us asking the questions And us being able to be, you know, to put ourselves out there when we don't know the answers is helpful because then women see themselves. Oh, okay. Yeah. She doesn't even know the answer. She's being vulnerable. Wow. She doesn't have all her, you know what together. Okay. I don't either type of thing. And I can ask the question.
0: Okay. So women tend to have less confidence, but are they actually worse than men at investing?
2: Yeah. It's the opposite, right? I love that leading question, Mindy. I love the question. Objection, leading the witness. <laughs> Not yeah, exactly. No, there's a lot of research that shows uh, that women outperform men by 40, you know, uh, basis points, meaning there, there's a level of, because there's a level of conservative. If I'm going to be conservative and I'm going to be cautious and I'm going to make sure I know what I'm doing, you better know I'm going to make the right call. So I think there's a level of, of, of the cautiousness serves your decision-making and thus- It's usually in in steering in the, in the right, in the right way. So I think when women really, you know, act in their, in their power, you know, the outcomes, you know, the outcomes can actually, you know, be there for them in terms of higher, higher results. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with being cautious. You can make
0: great investments cautiously. And I would encourage you, especially if you're just starting out, be cautious. Don't, aim for the home run, grand slam home run. Aim for the base hit. Aim for the break even. Aim for the I'm learning. Because every time, I mean, you can read all the books you want, but you learn so much more by doing and even just breaking even. That is like a college level course in real estate investing just by breaking even. What
3: we have found also is that small action steps for men or for women, for all everybody that is listening. The more that you take action steps towards your goal, do you move you move the needle forward, more confident you are. So when we talk about, I'll give you an example, right? People say, oh, you need to call realtors and call one. Have the courage to call one person. That will, you, you will get that feeling. Your brain does not know how big or how small the action is. It doesn't really matter. So the more that you take small steps towards achieving your goal, more confident
1: people get. When it comes to financial guidance, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When Mindy and I want to upgrade our wallets, we turn to NerdWallet.
0: Scott's right. It's Military Appreciation Month, so I'd like to personally thank all our past guests who have served and all our listeners who are serving, deployed, veterans, or in the reserves. But I'm not the only one showing appreciation. Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond with exclusive rates, discounts, and tools. This month, Join Navy Federal and get $50 when you open a credit card. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate to see their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. With 24-7 U.S.-based member service and resources for veterans transitioning to civilian life, Navy Federal is here to help you reach your goals. Head to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing lender. Disclaimer, must join an open membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. Annual percentage yield 0.25% for membership savings account. $5 minimum balance to open, maintain membership savings account, and to obtain bonus. Visit NavyFederal.org for more terms and conditions. Saving for a down payment? A wedding?
1: So you, you know, we, we talked about, again, this, this market of $30 trillion. And we talked about how women are very, you know, unconfident by and large and lack confidence in investing by and large. Um, just to kind of extrapolate this out, how much wealth, you know, do we, th- like, what do we think the impacts at a, at a high level is going to happen here if women don't become more confident and invest, uh, 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 these assets on themselves? What does that mean for the women who control this wealth? And what does it mean for the global economy? Um, if we're not able to solve this problem.
2: Yeah, absolutely, Scott. I mean, you know, what, what ends up happening is that, like, you think about this, that by increasing, you know, the economic participation, right? Women really going in and, and not just managing the money, but investing the money. This actually could add 12 trillion to global growth. You know, and this is probably by 2025, this is going to happen. So that's enormous, right? I want to back that up to that. So many companies think women are a niche and they're not a niche. They're not a niche at all. And, uh, we got that just a quick story. We got that a lot from our, um, we had our investor con in, in May and we had 35 companies represented and the companies that were there came up to us and said, we have never gotten so many leads, qualified leads. And these women are following up with us quickly and they actually want to talk to us and do deals with us. That's, they said that's very unique in most of the conferences they go to. So there's this, not only is it a, you know, again, 12 trillion getting added to this global economy. But the seriousness, I think what's backing that up is the seriousness of women, like when they're ready to go, they're ready to go. There's no like, oh, I'm going to think about this for 10 more years. We don't have that kind of time. And we literally heard this from so many different sponsors saying, oh, my gosh, I didn't even know this could exist, that people actually, A, want to talk to us, want to do deals with us, and we actually generate the most amount of leads we ever have at any other conference. Like that's that's a testament, right, of the, of the quality of what women are coming into.
0: Okay. So... Besides the ready to hit the ground running, what mindset and skills do women have that benefit them as investors over their male counterparts? Wow.
3: How many, how many minutes do we have? (laughs) (laughs) We've got all the time in the world. I think women has an incredible ability to build rapport and that how you translate that to real estate. You talk to sellers, to buyers, you raise money for, for your deals. It the the trustworthiness it's it's there and then can be back it up by by your your confidence on how you're presenting the numbers the deals and your vision I think what also good or bad right we know how to multitask we are able to build multi million dollar companies under the radar.
0: Yeah. And I wasn't, I wasn't phrasing that like, let's rip men apart. This is more like, let's encourage women. What other skills do they have? Like women, you think that you're not ready. You are ready. Here are things that you have. You know, you are humble, but you're also really good at saving or you're more risk averse. So you're going to make maybe, uh, safer or more conscious decisions about uh where you're investing you're not going to just jump in boat with both feet you know blindly and then oh now i've lost 20 billion dollars you know it's it seems like there are a lot of a lot of the women that i know are really doing a lot of thoughtful consideration when they when they are contemplating an investment
1: other than you know i i i i, I think these are awesome advantages but other than you know the lack of confidence are there some potentially real disadvantages that women face in when confronting investing? For, for example, I heard uh, a story a while back about uh, a woman was leading a real estate investing project and a contractor comes by and uh, the contractor's, you know, wanting to talk to the husband, um, be, you know, the decision maker essentially, even though of course this this woman was was the decision maker in that case. Are what are there examples of that or 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 things that, you know, go beyond that or deeper? for investors that, uh, w- women investors that make this a legitimate challenge that's not just about confidence, but about other things as well?
2: Yeah, I, I think that's that's still happening, you know, Scott, and it's happening. I know, and just you, so you experienced that a number of times, I experienced it not on a job site, but in, in other ways, right? And that's something we really need to do a better job at speaking up about, and not just you know, laughing it, laughing, you know, uh laughing it out. And I think people still, whenever there's any ism, uh whether it's sexism or racism or any ism, people need to speak up and they need to speak out about those sort of things. To to assume that a contractor is talking to a man in the in there's two as a man and a woman, you know, not sexist. It's pretty simple. It's not it's not like, oh, they don't know. No, it's it's called sexism. And so I, I think we as individuals, men and women, can be part of the solution of really being able to speak up. Um, I heard a couple of boys at the pool uh with my daughter. I have a daughter and a son. We were playing at the pool. This was like, a, you know, a few weeks ago, right? When the pool opened. And he said, stop acting like a girl. I'm like, it's interesting, right? That's a bold, bold statement. And so the kid like ran away really quickly. And I was like, I really wanted to go up to him because he literally, uh, he said it and left. Like it was like a, a disappearing act. But I, I'm like, would I have said something? How would I have said something to this eight-year-old boy? But it's a real thing, right? It's a real thing that we... So I then I said, okay, I can't speak to him, uh, but I'm going to speak to my kids. So I talked to them both and, and Zach's like, wow, what, what do you, what does that mean, mom? What do you think that means? Cause he's, he doesn't, he hasn't heard that before. I'm just using it as an example of how we teach our kids and how we're speaking about things. And when we see something not, you know, appropriate, we need to speak up or have a lesson in that. I don't, you know, if that. Makes sense. But I do think that's just a part of this.
1: It sounds like overcoming that challenge is really comes back to confidence. It's, you you know, Liz, you're very confident. And so if that were to happen to you, you would be like, what do you, either this relationship is over or no, I'm the one in charge here. We're going to, we're going to proceed here as a professional. Um, You're you're talking to the decision maker, kind of. Is that kind of one of the ways to combat this uh, from, from confidence? Is it really confidence? It comes back to that as the root issue or... Is there something more that women can do or should be doing around that? Uh,
3: I would say that my confidence did not prevent me from from hearing this multiple and multiple times, right? And I joke around. I was like, no, I am not the one, the realtor, not the architect. I'm the one on the right ear checks. And I think that what Liz is saying is that we can do our job, right? As women, we can do our job to get the knowledge, to get the confidence. But what, what is really crucial is also for our allies. What can you do? Number one, you can invite every woman that you know to step up, right? Or your daughters, your, your wives, your spouse, or whatever that is. And the other thing that it's crucial is that when there are conversations where we are not present to defend or to shine the light. So those "Quote unquote," many times locker room conversations. That's when we need the allies to get uncomfortable. And I think lack of confidence
0: is a real disadvantage that can be easily overlooked by people who are confident. I have a lot of confidence, sometimes misplaced, but I don't, you know, let that stop me. But again, if you, if I say something stupid or I say something uninformed, I'm okay with somebody correcting me because then I'm going to learn. And, you know, hey, Liz, you can get a a residential loan on a 40-unit apartment building. Did you know that? And Liz would say, actually, you can't. That's a commercial product. You can only get a commercial loan for that. Oh, okay. I learned. That's It's okay to make a mistake like that. It is you know, and that is how you learn. But some people will feel very slapped down and very corrected. And oh, my God, I'm so stupid. I'll never, ever, ever say anything again. And, you know, I don't think that the majority of people are correcting in, in you know, harsh tones. But again, if somebody says, oh, my God, you're so stupid. How could you possibly think that? Then there's a person that has shown you they are not, somebody that you need to do business with. But I really like what you said, Andressa. Uh, I'm the one
2: who writes the checks. Do you want to get paid? You're going to talk to me. I think confidence is a really big topic in general, because I think there are women who are very confident in their life, and they may not be confident in investing or confident in an area. So I don't think confidence is this blanket thing where I'm confident or I'm not confident. I don't think it's as, as simple as that. So I think what's interesting, and people in general, I think the interesting part too, and this is something we recommend to, to women is like, how are you naturally confident? Like, where have you had these confident moments? We've all, as people, have confident moments where we just shine and we're like on top of the world and then we forget those moments. And so really, really bringing people back in, like, especially women, because that's who, who we serve, bring them back into that power um, because you have women who are confident in other areas and have had confident moments. All of us have. So I don't think it's an. It, 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 I'm confident or not. I don't think it's as del- linear as that. I think it's actually much deeper, and it's and it's a reconnecting of of the um, of the confidence.
1: So I, I think this is awesome. I think that you know there's a whole bunch of problems that lead to or uh, of of contributing factors that lead to the problems that we just identified here in the market at a global sense. The thirty trillion dollars in wealth uh, managed that will be managed by women who maybe are less confident. Um, but how do we take, how do we translate that into actionable next steps for some of the women who may be listening to this, um, this podcast, how do they go about, uh, addressing this and taking the first steps towards, um, increasing their confidence, directly making investments or moving down that road?
3: I think it starts with knowing oneself, right? Liz and I are, have done the work. How does that look like? Really understand what are your natural abilities? So taking all different types of tests that you can possibly get in order for you to understand. I'm talking about predictive index, Colby test, different things. So, so you can really understand what are your true natural abilities, your personality, your cognitive how you make natural decisions and where are the gaps so you can focus on your strengths and not your your weaknesses
2: i would also add you know we heard it on uh, on a on a podcast we interviewed this this week about starting with we always talk about our goals and you know what's our why and 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 how important that is i think for for women they have goals but then they look at them and go why do i have that goal was that goal handed to me especially in our space of real estate, right? If 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 it's if it's not like a 100 unit, no one wants it, right? It is there's a lot of uh, I think a lot of you know um goals that have been given to us or or kind of, you know, in especially in our space. So the key is like what do I want it? Where do I want to be? You know, and that 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 big picture, Scott, like literally 5 years. Paint that picture for yourself. What does that look like? It doesn't have to be specific, but just what does that look like for me? What would bring joy and happiness and passion to my life from a financial abundant perspective? You know, what will that give me? Time, energy, what will that, you know, provide me? Emotionally get connected to that. Then 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 you start to, and people, I know the people who don't like division are like, well, that's you know, BS, but it starts there. And and then the next step is what's one thing can I learn? And the next step is once I start to learn something, and I read one book on short-term rentals by Avery Carl, picker pockets published. Then what community can I join to ask them some, some questions about the book that I just read or the podcast I just listened to? The problem is that people have a dream and then they ask very general, random questions to people they haven't built a relationship with. How do I find 19 private lenders tomorrow? You know, that they, okay, I'm not sure how to answer that, right? I'm not sure how to help you. So the the key is get a little knowledge, figure out where you want to be, really get connected to it emotionally. Second, get some knowledge. Whether it's a book, a podcast, there's so much tremendous resources between our communities. And then thirdly, don't stop there. And that's why women, women stop there and they try to figure it out themselves. So get connected to a community. We have investor meetups across the country and, and, and there's an online community. There's, there's a lot of ways to get connected. You got to get connected to people doing it.
1: So it's not, it sounds like, you know, Form, form a plan, right? It's the Cheshire Cat quote, right? Which way should you go? How should you invest? Well, it depends on where you want to go. We have this problem over and over and over again in our finance Fridays here on bigger pockets money, men and women, right? Uh, what, well, well, how should I invest? Well, what do you want, right? Uh, do you want the biggest pile of money in 50 years? We got one th- approach. Do you want cash flow right now? We got another approach. Do you want a hybrid? We got a third. How hands-on do you want to be? These are all questions that, you know, your visioning exercise can, can help with. And then it sounds like you guys have really emphasized the theme of community as being perhaps a stronger or more, even more important, um, piece of the puzzle for women than it might be even for men. Um, or, or at least, uh, maybe it's harder to access for women, perhaps um um uh, in addition uh, to or or instead of that uh is that is that a good way to paraphrase kind of what you guys have said here
3: yeah yeah certainly i think that what we're looking to to really continue building is a board of directors i'll give you a, a simple example one of one of the members on our community could not close on a deal 2 days before right so she had the courage to come and share what was going on what was happening We connected. Other women started saying, well, I have a lender in that area. Let's connect it here and there. And it just was just really powerful. She was not alone in that situation any longer. So the the stress and the pressure for her to try to figure out on her own was no longer there. And she was able to close that quick because of the power of resources and other people's experiences that were already there. So that's the goal here. You do your due diligence, you do your homework and you tap into a community, bigger pockets community, the real estate investor community, your local people. You've got to be connected with them as a board of directors. You have to, you won't see your, your blind spots and you will lose your hair and your health. If you continue trying to figure out your challenges and how to achieve your goals by yourself, why would you do that? Other people have done it. Tap into their experience, so you can speed up. You get access and speed in one spot. Yeah, I think the
2: big thing too, when you're you're in a community, and the power of it is when you have like this goal. Okay, should I, should I invest? You know what, what's the what's the investing landscape right now with today's economy? Right. If you ask your uncle or your aunt who don't invest in real estate, they're gonna probably have a strong opinion and maybe give you some good insight. But are they are they the right people to be asking? You know, and and so. We need to constantly ask ourselves, if you want to run a marathon, ask someone who ran a marathon. I wouldn't ask someone who doesn't really run. I don't really want their advice. Maybe not to to do what not to do, but not to actually complete a marathon. So I think we constantly are, are, are asking ourselves, and you have to ask yourself, am I going to the source of who are going to be able to support me with what I need and how I need it? And I think that's the power of community, any community. Okay. With investing a team
0: sport, do you have any recommendations for how women should be building their community? Uh, or team and uh so that they can start investing today.
3: You know, many people say that that the partnerships is the way to go, right? And we we love that. But there's always a but, right? We 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 have paid our our share of mistakes and we don't want other people to do it. So we can we have we have prepared what we call a partnership guide. It's a is a free PDF that we can put it on the show notes. You guys can go and and download which are questions that you should ask yourself in terms of your your goals, what you want to do. And the partner asks the same thing. The main goal here is for you to align with, with other people that have the same values and like diversify in experience, what you bring to the table, time. We always believe that not everybody will be a good match. And Better do those those having those conversations, hard conversations, now before you shake hands and get into into a deal. I think many people get into deals too quickly, without considering what is this partnership all about. I love that you said that.
2: I would also add to it beyond skills and experience, and obviously clarifying time availability, money availability, deal deal flow availability, right? There's a lot of assets that people bring to the table. I think beyond that, from a team perspective, it's really, really helpful when you're building something with someone. If you are more of like this relationship person and you love people and you like connecting with them, it's really helpful to have somebody who's not working closely with you. Very task, very shrewd, very skeptical. You 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 tick each other off, but you need each other. And the other thing I'd say, too, from a personality perspective is risk and caution. If you are a cautious person, have an accountability partner that's a risk taker. Have somebody in your close circle who is a risk taker because they're going to push you in a way that you aren't going to push yourself. So I think that's really critical. And and then the task and the people. I also see it with logical people and and very uh, gut feel people. So when you want to make, actually, it helps you make decisions faster, when you have a very different style helping you through the decision. And that's why community is so important. Because if you're gonna surround yourself with a bunch of risk-takers or a bunch of cautious people, you're, you're gonna be overanalyzing a deal. And that deal's gone, right? right? Literally, and you're still analyzing and talking about it, right? So you really need that diversity accountability partner, small circle, local group that, that can push you in a way that you just can't push yourself because you're not wired that way.
1: So can you guys tell us a little bit about a, a special or a particular program um, and platform that can help uh, women find a lot of these solutions and any places that you suggest that they check out on that platform?
2: We cannot help you with that at all. Sorry.
1: <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. We <laughs> had a wonderful con- okay. time.
2: It's, it's it's the Real Estate Invest Her community uh, and our, our podcast is proudly published. distributed by bigger pockets we have a facebook community that women can really get and you know get connected quickly where they're just posting questions getting support we take spam down very quickly we are very diligent so it's that safe environment online in person we have over 50 meetups where women can get plugged into their local community we have have a number of them growing in canada as well and so that's all on our website as well and uh in terms of just getting connected in
3: person online and uh Just to support them around their goals. And once a year, we have InvestorCon, which is our conference. Next year, we're going to Austin, Texas. And it's all about taking control of your financial future. That's going to be the theme for next year.
0: And where can people find this uh, partnership
3: guideline document? So you're going to go to therealestateinvesther.com slash giveaway
1: That's the realestateinvesther.com.
3: Slash giveaway,
1: yes. Slash giveaway, yeah. So check that out. And uh, um, uh, guys, thank you so much for sharing this um, incredible overview of the market that I don't think a lot of people are are aware of. And then uh, uh, the problems that underlie that. And thank you for forming a solution to those problems, um, for women to access really appreciate it. And, um, uh, I'm really grateful for all you do for the bigger pockets community, uh, at large and and the, and all of the women investors out there who have benefited from your programming. So thanks so much for joining us today. And we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you,
0: Scott. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you. Thank you, Liz and Andressa. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Scott, that was Liz and Andressa. I just love talking to them. Such a delight, such a wealth of information and so encouraging. If you are a woman and you're listening to this episode and you are excited about real estate, head on over to the InvestHer group, talk to other women, see what they're all about. It's really a fantastic group. The podcast is amazing. I just love Liz and Andresa so much in everything that they're doing.
1: Yeah, that, I mean, these are just um, world class investors, and it's great to chat with them. And they have a great, you know, uh, window into this enormous problem that has been that has been and will continue to grow over the next couple, couple of years and decades. Um, and I hope they make a big dent in it and, and really solve this and help um, help provide resources that address that one. Critical component of this whole chain, which is the confidence level of women who have large amounts of wealth to invest.
0: Yep. I I think that confidence is key. And I I wish I had a magic, you know, fix to to fix the confidence level. I think education and information is going to be a huge help in overcoming that hurdle. All right, Scott, should we get out of here? Let's do it. That wraps up this episode of the Bigger Pockets Money podcast. He is Scott Trench, and I am Mindy Jensen saying, Can't stay, Blue Jay.
1: If you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a five star review on Spotify or Apple. And if you're looking for even more money content, feel free to visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Pockets
0: Money was created by Mindy Jensen and Scott Trench, produced by Kaylin Bennett, editing by Exodus Media, copywriting by Nate Weintraub. Lastly, a big thank you to the BiggerPockets team for making this show possible. It's Military Appreciation Month, so I'd like to personally thank all our past guests who have served, and all our listeners who are serving, deployed, veterans, or in the reserves. But I'm not the only one showing appreciation. Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond with exclusive rates, discounts, and tools. This month, join Navy Federal and get $50 when you open a credit card. Visit navyfederal.org slash celebrate